Ho, ho, hello there. Welcome to Proudly Resents, the cult movie podcast. Movies you didn't know you wanted to see. I'm your host, Adam Spiegelman. Yay! All right, today we're ripping apart Kurt Cameron Saving Christmas, the Star Wars Holiday Special, Holiday, Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights, and a blasphemous review of It's a Wonderful Life. I know, I know. And a new song from Rob Paravonian. Fantastic! Quick word from our sponsor. Yeah, we have a sponsor. Listen, you're looking for gifts? You want to do it in one place? Sit down on your computer. Go to proudlyresents.com slash shirts. That'll send you to Busted Tees website. Well, my website of my favorite shirts from Busted Tees and Tee Public. There's some great Christmas sweater stuff I put up there. Uh, theme like The Room, Breaking Bad. There's cool shirts and mugs and sweatshirts and stuff on this site. They're having a big sale on Monday, Cyber Monday shirts are really well priced anyway but their sales are pretty great all right uh what boop all right just to stop this war on christmas that won't end i got reviews from movies of different denominations so to be politically correct we're going to start with fm demarco and matt swanson talking about the star wars holiday special it's torrential and um this is from like episode three I did. So you probably did not hear this. Don't act like, oh, great. Are you just recapping stuff? I am, but you weren't around, so don't pretend. And then you'll hear Jimmy Pardo and Todd Levin and Sharon Houston talk about Kurt Cameron saving Christmas. All right, we'll be right back. Well, we're back. We're just doing the show. FM DeMarco speaks first. It's unbelievable. But, uh, the Star Wars holiday special in which we've watched at our bad movie night and I almost uh, got beat up by my, my friends uh, yeah, for that putting is, that on. Well, that is that awful, wasn't that yeah. wasn't fun bad. That was no, just, just bad. Was bad. Just well, that was it came out like uh, about a few months after the movie came out and yeah. there was no VCR. So you had to go see the movie in the theater like oh, and people have seen it like 20, 30 times. That was in the summer. So by Christmas or the following Christmas, <laughs> the special comes out. So you can only get a limited amount of Star Wars things. You know what I mean? There was no cartoon. There That's was no, true. Right. Yeah. It wasn't a... So you're like, you'll eat anything Star Wars. You'll take anything Star Wars. The, the toys, the crappy toys. So then the special comes on. Oh. And it was... It, the Star Wars special is like this Paul Lynn special. I think we should describe like 70s. Every TV special was the same way. Donnie Marie show. It was like the Brady yeah. Bunch had a variety hour that variety Bruce Lynch wrote. Yeah. It just, they come out with a big 70s bad clothing and they introduce right. the show and they do big song and dance big number numbers. At the top. Yeah. And over the top comedy bits. And they did that with Sketches, yeah. your beloved Star Wars figure. In the Star Wars special, they did a, um, uh, they had um, a, a cantina thing with uh with b arthur playing a, <laughs> a barmaid at the cantina oh, oh bruce valanche how i love you and uh and harvey corman harvey, harvey corman yes right. he's he's at the bar and he has uh, no, no, he plays the um uh, cooking chef yes he does chef. they do a sketch that they do uh, uh like a julia child julia and child. he's got multiple hands oh bruce valanche i want to kiss you uh, it's, it's like fantastic taking, it, it, it was they got the rights to it obviously and they just said well let's not do what everyone loves about star wars let's just do what we always do let's okay. do the same crap we always do on tv which happens all the time but it's and and it was what well how we make our living but yep. it's like let's just do the same thing let's how do we plug it into uh, yeah. the same crap and, and then uh, but and, don't, i just think that's the beginning of george lucas being george lucas <laughs> that's a whole different yeah, and saying how much money will you give me uh, you can do yeah. anything you want yeah. with this product uh, you can they got cameos from the, the original cast yes but it wasn't about them it was about the it was about the wookies about yeah. chewbacca's well, it was wife cheaper. and kids who spoke 
they spoke Wookiee the whole yeah. time. They, it wasn't even translated. Yeah, it was just no, it was, uh, them uh, uh, the whole time for two hours. Except right. when, except when, oh, and and I don't I say this with no irony. Except when Art Carney shows up, <laughs> <laughs> translates, yeah. translates for him. It, it's mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Uh, as in watching it, you start to realize that this is actually the Wookiee version of the Diary of Anne Frank. Yeah, and it, uh, he's not he's not kidding. Actually, yeah. it's because stormtroopers are coming. Stormtroopers are coming there to find out where Chewbacca is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's life day. I, I don't happy life day. I'm not none of this. Way. I didn't throw note cards yeah, on the card on the floor day. and start picking them up and reading randomly. This is really the plot yeah. of the entire show. It's unbelievable. But anyway, that's, well, that's, that's just, I want to say one oh, more thing okay. with Star Wars special, yeah. which I think we're saying that they took something we love and they and George Lucas took the money and fucked up something we love as kids. Yeah. How different is that than the rest of the shit he's been doing since beginning of but, the century, like the exactly. 2000 with the, the three I just prequels? Think, I, I think after the first one, he was done with it. He, yeah. he gave the rights over the second and the third one. He didn't, you know. He he came up with what story credit? I think they gave him on the on, on uh, I don't even know. Empire and Jedi, and yeah. then uh, he waited twenty five years and and destroyed them. So I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily that surprising to me to see. This Christmas special. The Christmas special that you know. It's still oh, you it's, know what. It's so. I mean, it's it was not, surprising. It's not surprising, it but surprising. it is so shocking. It is. It was, <laughs> it's not it surprising. So it's just you can't believe that. Um, you know, there's. Uh, they got. Uh, you know, Jefferson Starship in it. Oh my God. The, yeah, and, it's, and they had like the, a the chair with the yeah, grandpa, the word starships yeah. in their name. I'm like, what are the connections with <laughs> all these people? No real connection. Pinky Tuscadero could have been in the Star Wars special and it would have made just as yeah. much sense. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think she was. She just wasn't credited. <laughs> yeah, it's just, she was a Wookiee. Yeah, they had, they had yeah. Diane Carroll. No, you she know, was from, just listed from, as Roz Kelly. From Faye. So. <laughs> <laughs> Without the quotes. Right, there was no there was a, yeah, They had Diane Carroll doing a dance number while uh, while uh, Chewbacca's father sat in a in an orgasmatron chair watching again it. he's not making it up i'm not making it up he's having like some yeah. sort of masturbatory fantasy about diane carroll dancing it's not it's not normal it's yeah. a weird it's a weird experience it's just like, yeah, we'll put it up i mean is yeah. there anything else to say about I, I, but i do recommend it i do is. recommend it yeah i do recommend it so this proudly resents the show about movies that are so good because they're so bad uh we're in san francisco it's a special we're in the dark room theater on mission street where they do a weekly bad movie night. And we have the producer and curator of that, Sherilyn Connolly. Hey, that's me. And one of the star Mike people, and it's also my brother, Mike Spiegelman. Nepotism. Hey, Adam, what's up, bro? A little nepotism. nepotism. You know, you, you talk about bad movies are so bad, they're good. Mm-hmm. There's also some movies that are so bad, they're bad, that they're bad. Oh, you mean bad, like bad, eight, bad, 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 bad Like Eight Crazy Nights. Like Eight Crazy Nights. For example. You guys hate Eight Crazy Nights and will not stop bringing it up. Oh, Let's talk about Let's talk about Eight Crazy <laughs> yeah. Adam Sandler's. It's an Adam Sandler animated film it's like i guess the hanukkah movie for yeah mm-hmm. us jews who never asked for well a that's the movie. premise that's the premise that here's the singer of the novelty hanukkah song which is very it's, funny do you find a song funny i love that Sherilyn? song. yeah i'm yeah. i'm a great fan i didn't know I'm a Henry great fan of adam sandler's first few records okay. yeah from which the hanukkah song well if well i guess it's not starting that live originally but i like the version on like you know what the hell happened to well me, if you're a fan was. of adam sandler's comedy records then here's an animated film where he does an old man an old woman and all these mm-hmm. other voices all his great characters all his yeah, great promises what could go wrong what could go wrong and it's an alternative for us Jew kids to watch an animated holiday film that doesn't cram Christianity down our throats. But that's where it goes seriously wrong. So A Crazy Nights, that's coded for Hanukkah, right? And it's so much cross-commercialization in it, especially mm-hmm. a signature piece. 
real quick, a crazy nice Mike. You always talk about this yeah. commercialization scene in a mall. He uh, there's mm-hmm. a local town and there's a mall, and by local town, the mall has every single chain that's in uh, across the world. So there's Victoria's Secret, there's GNC, and at one point, the character, the Adam Sandler character, stumbles in drunk. He's spent the whole night drinking, and he comes in and he's angry at the world. And the corporate logos, the Foot Locker guy, uh, come spring to life. Yeah. And Chess, they, King, um, Chess King, Victoria's Secret. And not only yeah. do they sing a song, but all the corporate icons are voiced by celebrity actors, whether it's Tyra Banks for um, Victoria's Secret. Uh, Carl I, Weathers is in there somewhere. I think it's GNC. Okay. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like Carl Weathers is in so there. So they come alive, and, and you feel like they just probably paid to be. There's a Panda Express. Yeah, Panda Express. The yeah, Panda it's the sings. most, not even seamless, it's the most seamy product <laughs> placement and for ever a in a movie film, ever. For a film that's an alternative to the crass commercialization of Christmas for Jews, it just shoves these shopping mall things down your throat. And it's just like, first off, Jews aren't like that. And second of all, I'm trying to escape. Wow, says you. Well, that's <laughs> because I don't be give you anything. Let's be honest. <laughs> What now, do you guys think about the war on Christmas in general? The idea of the war on Christmas. There's no war to... on Christmas. No. It's bullshit. I think I, I don't know. I think the people that insist on on Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas, I think I want to punch them in have the mouth. Have you ever met anyone who said corrected you? No, you know what? The truth is, I have not. No, I, uh, no, I mean, no one ever will. Yeah, no one, no one will. ever will. Guess again. I'm going to make it my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be me. You're going to push it. You're going to you push, push it. You're going to push it. I always say Merry Christmas. Nobody. Do you have something you need to say to me? Like that kind of thing? Like you say Merry Christmas? Yeah. It's a very long. Um, did yeah. you guys? What did you guys think about? Uh, just towards the end of the movie, there's this. Oh, we're gonna have a celebration because the director slid in slow motion back into the house. That was so weird too. How long that, did it take him to get back into that house? Twenty. And that was his seconds, commitment. Like he an hour. Slid on his belly. Well, it made well, no. Well, it was all bananas. Yeah, like it a was frat weird. party. Yeah. Yeah. He comes back into the party, and then they're like, "Yay, he's back!" And so they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have a dance party." That dance was probably eight minutes long. Again, Minimum. they need to. They needed to get it to, to get to the an point. hour and, and twenty what was minutes. The dance crew <laughs> was the God, squ- the God Squad. I don't know the what God it was. Squad. I just I the went. God Squad dancers. I went yeah. to run an air and I came back and they were <laughs> still, still dancing. dancing. Yeah. I was like, "This is the longest fucking and, dance." And not that oh, great. I guessed. I guessed. When, like when they started dancing, I was like, "I'm going to fast forward for a while and I'll bet." This is going to go on for a real because I was looking at how much was left in the movie. And I was like, I'll oh, bet this is going to go on for a really long time. Uh, but just everything the, was everything in it was just stretching for time because they no had to movie. hit yeah. feature no length. There I just kept there. getting angry and walking away and just listening to it in the background and then coming back and sitting down and going, oh, and yeah. then doing a load of laundry and then coming back. I it, just. It, <laughs> well, then you missed the message. This uh, movie was fantastic, watch Sharon. It watch it again. Sharon. You got to focus in on this thing. Yeah, it yeah, was just, it was a lengthy sermon by a youth minister. That's what it was. That's a great way. To totally. The cool was, youth ministers, and like, then let's throw a dance out. at the end. Santa Claus is actually a pretty cool guy. Oh, and now right? he's like, break yeah. dance. Yeah, he'll kill a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. I like when he did the worm when Kirk Cameron shows oh, up. Yeah, he starts did, doing the worm it, in front of the tree. I'll give you five minutes to be dancing. That's it. Yeah. You gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. yeah he did. He it was about bad. Kid and play like 1980s. Very dated. Yeah, yeah. They did the. Yeah, they actually did the grabbing your ankle. They did the grabbing the ankle. It was, it was the whitest black dance party ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the black guy had no moves. He had no, no. moves. Right? No. DeAndre couldn't move. DeAndre couldn't move. Also, the, again, the how insulting that good. DeAndre had to be the DJ. All of a sudden, DeAndre's the DJ. Yeah. He's like, oh, I they was did, standing by the might, record player before. They might as well. They should have just <laughs> named him Jerome Negro. <laughs> 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 like, it was so, so degrading. I think anyone ever on set said to him, who do you play in this film? Uh, who do you think? Who do you think? Yeah. Play the uh, black guy. Look, look at the cast list. DeAndre. He should have even say, I play what you imagine a black guy would be. <laughs> That's what he's right. like. Yeah. 
That's how we went. He's very the funny in the outtakes. I think you, do. I think, uh, you missed him. I, I watched riff. the outtakes. I'll oh, watch I watched it. it. Oh, you I watched him. Who I you missed him. I missed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the outtakes was uh, the director. He uh, joins the Avengers at the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the joke. The director oh, gets right. dry mouth, and he asks Kirk Cameron, what do you do about dry mouth? And then Kirk tells him, and then he goes, uh, he goes, boy, I don't know how you guys do it. Well, you shouldn't have. You should have hired a fucking actor to do this role <laughs> instead yeah. of you doing it. That's like The guy's never acted. That was uh, the live Kurt Cameron Saving Christmas episode I did with Jimmy Pardo, Todd Levin, and Sharon Houston. What a great movie. It's not a movie. It's not really a movie. You have to listen to the whole episode. Um, it's you can, it's really funny, the episode. The movie, eh, I really want to write. I, 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 you, listen, if you want to see it, see it. You know, you'll be like, ah, I get why you're saying. Anyway, if you want to watch the whole Star Wars holiday special, which I really recommend, and it is terrible, and read an oral history, go to proudlyresents.com slash hoho holiday for all these clips and for other holiday movies that I reviewed. All right, Cheryl Lynn's going to review It's a Wonderful Life. What the? First, Rob Haravoni is going to sing a song, a song, a song called about christmas it's the andy the amazon android from his new cd a-b go on itunes you can get it get a cd baby or robrocks.com some people don't think much of him others say he's dumb but without him the gifts would never come The Amazon Android works all night and day, gathering up presents to send them on their way. He sends out toys and video games he never gets to play, cause there's never a gift for
for love and bliss that all these years he missed. Now Andy's singing those Christmas hymns, even though Amazon had to dismiss him. That's all right, he found work as a sin and miss. Everybody's tweeting, faving and deleting. Follow Friday, someone you know. And play Dream Tweet, the game show to go. Ah, it's the game show to go. Dream Tweet, everybody. It's the celebrity-based Twitter-themed game show that's coming your way where two Twitter titans go head-to-head in a battle of wits and wisdom. Tune in. Subscribe on iTunes. And remember, if things get a little bit sassy, just try and keep in mind that I'm just being a bitch. That's my catchphrase. And I'll be using it. And we'll be having laughs. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's Dream Tweet, the game show to go. Dream Tweet. This is Prowler's Ents, Prowler'sEnts.com. Sherilyn Connolly is our guest. She runs the Bad Movie Night in San Francisco at a place called The Dark Room. You guys have really funny people yelled. I have to say my brother's one of them, Mike Spiegelman. Yes, he's one of our favorites. So you guys yelled the screen, and what movie are you guys doing? We are going to be doing, it's, a, it's, it's an obscure film. Even you as a film bus might not have heard of it. It's like old. It's like 100 years old. It's in black and white. Everybody who's starting it, they're all dead now. It's a little thing called It's a Wonderful Life. It's wonderful. And it's by the director of Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, if that helps you to, you know, figure out what movie we're talking about. I mean, we must have got something confused, because your show is Bad Movie Night, where you guys make fun of bad films, and you said that you guys are doing It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, that is correct. The film we are going to be riffing on, the film we are going to be heckling, the film we are going to be mean to next Sunday is, in fact, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. And you are correct that the name of the show that we are doing this, uh, doing this at is Bad Movie Night. At Bad Movie Night, we are going to be showing and making fun of It's a Wonderful Life. All, right. All of those statements are true. If I can just echo what everyone's thinking right now, uh, boo, how dare you, boo, how dare you. And if you look outside your window, there's a bunch of people with torches. I'm one of them trying to run you out of town. How dare you say that? This movie could be in bad movie night. It is horrible of us, isn't it? You, we have actually, we had a host um, early on who was like a regular guy. He came in, he riffed with us, and then the first time we did bad movie night, he was like, uh, first time we did it, The Wonderful Life, rather, he was like, no, it's not okay. You cannot make fun of this movie. You cannot call it bad. I'm never coming back. And he has, in fact, never come back. Even some of the people who work at the darkroom are like, oh, do we have to do it? I love that movie. As though loving a film is somehow makes it, should make it, uh, you know, immune from being made fun of, or even worse, being called bad. Yeah. As I'm, though calling a film bad is, is some kind of like, you know, 
grievous insult that it will never get over. Like we're going to damage its wonderful life, you know, self-esteem. What you're putting it up there was like Uli Bowl and other bad films. What about it would qualify this for bad films as a, and to put it on the bad film night? Probably the first thing, the main thing that makes it great for bad movie night, and this is actually goes across the board for any movie that we do, it's that it has to be easy to make fun of. It has to be easy to make fun of. There has to be elements in there that we can latch on to and riff on and make jokes about. And the other thing is it has to be inherently entertaining to begin with. Because trust me, we've tried doing truly bad movies, and we can't make it through them. They're just too difficult to watch, even when you have a microphone in your hand. So quite often our bad movies are what some people consider to be good movies, but are also movies that we can make fun of. There's lots of details around the edges that we can riff on, or say, for example, it has a lead actor who has a particular, uh, who, has a, who has a very distinctive voice, a very distinctive dialect, like Jimmy Stewart. Like in the beginning of the movie, when we're learning about his life, you know, it is a pretty hokey film. Are there things in the, the top of the film that you can talk about? Well, exactly. There is the, the hokiness is there, and it's a kind of cloying, oppressive nostalgia, like a pan to a small town, an idealized American small town bliss that never, the Norman Rockwell thing, that never really existed outside of the movies in the first place. And I acknowledge that movies are inherently realistic, that movies, unless it's like, you know, Lars von Trier, the Ogma 95 thing, movies are going to present an idealized version of life. I get that. I accept that. That's cool. But the uh, world shown in It's a Wonderful Life, though expertly done, Frank Capra is an awesome director, and he achieves what he sets out to do in this picture. And that right there makes it a good movie, the fact that, you know, it, it achieves what the director wanted to achieve. But as I say, it is so hokey and so white bread and so idealized, idealized for the time period that it was made. And this really shows in stark contrast to the, uh, you know, the nightmare Pottersville sequence at the end of the film in which, oh my God, suddenly the people that were previously, you know, having like nice prim lives where they were like, you know, dancing in their high school gym, Suddenly, they are listening to drinking alcohol, and they're listening to rhythmic music, which is being created by dark-skinned people, dark-skinned people you don't see in the town beforehand. Well, what about the stuff about meeting his... Uh, I mean, what are the stuff you yell out during like that scene, the, the great dance scene? Is there anything you can bash on that? Do <laughs> uh, you mean oh, the dance scene when they're... Uh, when the, the school thing dance, opens up and, and all... the pool opens, and... Everyone's the buffalo gal, and everyone's having a great time. Uh, usually, we end up yelling very, very dark things about uh, you know, you have nothing to live for. Don't bother swimming. You know, just go ahead and drown. It's all downhill from here anyway. We, as I said, we get we get kind of dark at bad movie night. Uh, what about uh, Clarence and the angel? You guys just ripped that apart. <laughs> oh, Clarence! Clarence is so dear to all of our hearts, isn't he? There's just this kind of, like, love in Clarence's eyes as he looks at uh, Jimmy Stewart's character, which, I, you know, I'm not going to call it homoerotic because that would be reading way, way too much into it. There's just something about, like, the pudgy, doughy angel who's 
I'm not saying I'm not gonna say he's lusting after Jimmy Stewart. That would be you know, but that would be a modern interpretation. You wouldn't want to do that. So that. you're saying that he's kind of he's likes the twinks. Is he kind of a, he has a fetish? Maybe uh, Jimmy Stewart's kind of like a bear, likes a good bear. There might be a little bit of that. Yeah, Clarence. You know, since he obviously knows what you know, being an angel and being on this and there or what have you, he knows what Jimmy Stewart looked like. You know, as a kid in the film and as a teenager for that matter. And yeah, Clarence probably, he kind of has the look of a twink chaser. So he's seeing, you know, he's getting in a little bit past the twink's prime, but still close enough for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of those guys who chase twinks are past their prime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Both him and the twink are past their prime in this case, but it's okay. Well, also, he's wearing a white suit, which a lot, I just imagine a lot of six-year-old guys chasing him. You know, they usually end up in a linen suit at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, with the buttons down the front and nothing underneath. They kiss up with the kids. I just want to show you something, Flash. I just love, too, the, the open shirt, and there's no chest hair because it's, presumably they're so old that the chest hair fell out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, look at my bald, old man chest. Or maybe that's part of the film's theology. Maybe there's something about angels being hairless. They're hair, you know, they start out hairless and then, you know, when the bell rings and they get their wings, maybe they are hairless until they get their wings. See, this is a much deeper film than people realize at first. I, you know, I'm, I am more than willing to admit that It's a Wonderful Life might be playing a deeper game than any of us realize. Oh, and what do you think that game is? I, can, I, think, there's a, I think there's a theology going on there about, you know, what, what angels have to do to... I mean, let's face it, when they say angels don't get those wings, they're really talking about the penis. It's all phallic here. <laughs> so perhaps this is some kind of... Perhaps this is some kind of metaphor for the emasculation of the American male having returned from the war, which, of course, George Bailey did not go to, and, and all that stuff, but returning from the war find that the women are liberated in a way that they weren't before because they actually had to, like, run things while the men were gone, while the, run things while the men were gone, and work in the factories, and men had some difficulty finding their place in society again and rewriting things so that they're back to being in charge. And, yeah, it's a wonderful life with the angels and their wings and how they get them, all completely a metaphor for the emasculation of the post-war American male. There, there's my next, next thesis paper. Awesome. Finally, someone said it. Someone spoke it the way it is. Exactly. That's what we do at Bad Movie Night. We speak it the way it is, and often the way it isn't, but sometimes the way it is. <laughs> I think there's a lot of isn't in, in Bad Movie Night. Uh, what about Zuzu Petals? Have you read a lot into that? Is there something we don't know that's really going on with Zuzu Petals? Oh, Zuzu Petals, Zuzu Petals, I think, has to have something to do with, uh, you know, if the wings on the angel are the male emasculation, which is the one big male fear, Zuzu's Petals, I would think, would have to represent the fear of female sexuality. Again, bear in mind that, for example, there are no, uh, except for the the one-town tramp, there's really no overt sexuality seen until the Pottersville sequence. And then all of a sudden, there you have it up in neon light. Girls, girls, girls. And again, this is shown as the nightmare vision of the town. So this is Petals, I think. uh, Don't quote me on this. I could be wrong, but I'll bet that if you go back to the original script, it actually said, Zuzu's hymen, but then they had to change it because, you know... Is that was said in the original script? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Don't, 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 don't hold me to that, but... I'm I holding, I'm holding you to someone. that. Oh, you know what? Go, go ahead. Hold it to me. See if I care. 
I'm mute. I'm laughing and coughing so hard I almost choked. I don't have tonsils anymore, so I almost just went under. Let's just talk about the response uh, to this. That people, besides, the one guy quit the entire show and the theater company over this. Yeah, and he made a, a bit of a joke. And again, I'm sure it was a joke about uh, how he would be, in, how he uh, has considered burning us down <laughs> because we were making fun of his favorite movie. I'm sure he didn't really mean that. But yeah, without someone always complains. The first year that we did it, actually, someone wrote on our flyer outside, it's not a bad movie, you SOBs. So, you know, we inspired Hateful Graffiti because we were making fun of the movie. From the you, Hateful Graffiti, from, uh, because you hate, because you make fun of such a, the sweetest, nicest movie in the world. People are Exactly. Mad. The they sweetest, won't. nicest, most flawless, most, uh, the film you apparently are just not allowed to make fun of. And well, we do it anyway. <laughs> Go figure. If they protest, are you, you recommend they first pay, buy a ticket and come in. Exactly. We totally welcome protesters. Absolutely. Come on down and defend the movie. I think that is a great idea. I think everybody who loves the film should come down and do it. Just pay your $5, sit down, and remember, no refunds. You don't get your $5 back. But as long as you do those, do those first, first few steps, pay the money, sit down, acknowledge you're not getting your money back, by all means, protest. I invite it. I think that would be awesome. And uh, my Twitter feed, if you'd like to know, is uh, twitter.com, of course, slash Sherilyn. That's S-H-E-R-I-L-Y-N. Thank you, Ed. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Side note, Mike and Sherilyn talk about bad movie night at the darkroom. Neither of them exist anymore, so you're out of luck. But listen, it was around for like 15 years. You could have gone to it. Listen to my brother's podcast. It's great. He sits and watches movies on YouTube with you and makes fun of them. If you want to go right to the link of his website, which has all these great bad movies from YouTube listed on them and links to them, obviously, go to proudlyresents.com slash hoholiday, and I'll have a link there as well for everything that I'm talking about. Everything will be there. Everything. All right. There's going to be a cool showing of two bad Christmas movies on December 4th, sponsored by um, Alamo Drafthouse. If you want to go, send me an email at reachadam at mac.com. And also, if you have a favorite bad Christmas movie that you, you want us to review or you just want to talk about, we'll bring it up. I love it. Write me again at reachadam at mac.com. Also, turn on Lifetime or Hallmark at any time of the day. It's so great right now, and they're showing bad Christmas movies that they made. It's so cool. Quick weird connection, FM DeMarco is a writer for My Little Pony, and Sherilyn wrote a book called Ponyville Confidential, the history and culture of My Little Pony. Hmm, interesting. All right, uh, buy a shirt. Don't be a jerk. Buys you all your gifts in one place at proudlyresents.com slash shirts. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I'd love to get some feedback and for you to buy some shirts and buy some mugs. Listen, it's gift season. Let's get it all done. One more request. Review us on iTunes and or screenshot it, send it to me, and I'll randomly pick someone and send them a DVD of either a trauma film I got from Lloyd Kaufman or Tommy the Cool Mule, you choose. All right, so please leave me a rating or a review. That would be awesome. Is it your first time listening to the show? Welcome. Let's check out the older episodes. If you've been around for a while. I know it's been spotty. I really appreciate you. It means a lot. And uh, if you've heard these clips before, wow. These are some old school clips, but I appreciate uh, you doing that. At Proudly Resents on Twitter. Uh, that's it. All right. Hey, have a nice day. All right, I'm going to go eat some lunch. Ciao.
Thanks for listening to Proudly Resents. Make a comment or suggest a film at reachadam at mac.com. That's reachadam at mac.com or on our comment line. You ready? Get a pencil. <laughs> I'll wait. Okay. Got one? Okay. To call 646 481 Five four seven six. That's our comment line. Six four six four eight one five four seven six. Keep it clean and short. We might air it. Join us on Facebook. If you like the show, put the episode up on your Twitter, Facebook, stumble upon, dig, you know, all those things. Tell a friend. I'm Eddie Pepitone, and my Twitter account is at at Eddie Pepitone.